All right. Good morning, everybody. Look around. I like to look around and scan to see who's here. Hi, Penny. <laughs> I call you out. She's my cousin, so I can call her out. All right. Let me turn this on. Yep. All right. We have been talking about the way of Jesus, and we only have a couple more weeks on that, and um, and then we'll be moving on to something else. Of course, still talking about Jesus, but not doing our Way of Jesus series. Um, so today, the Way of Jesus, I'm going to be talking about rest. We all need rest. I am not always great at rest, and um, I... Was I kind of had uh, all through my kids growing up, I was going, 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 going. Lots of activities between soccer and dance and uh, everything else and church responsibilities and any other place I'd volunteer. Um, and then my body was kind of coming to an anxious end with all of that as Anna was getting into her later years of high school. And then COVID hit and we had to slow down. And it was, okay, COVID wasn't wonderful, but the slowdown was wonderful. And honestly, I cried a bit when everything went back to normal because I did not want to go back to busyness. And I told myself, you don't have to go back to busyness. That is quite okay. But why does it take a pandemic or a health crisis to slow us down? That's not how God wants us to slow down. And Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 29, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And you might be like, Tabitha, you already talked about this verse not that long ago, and we talked about burdens, and you had your whole backpack and everything up here. Well, we're going to focus on the rest portion today, but I do have a small illustration, and I don't have my backpack I decided I'm going to use my, like, my cool, you guys know that I like buffalo plaid stuff. So this is going to be like my Mary Poppins bag. I think when I have illustrations, when I preach, I'll just use this. You'll be like, what's in it? Today I have my robe, because we're resting. It'll be like my robe of righteousness. Just kidding, I don't really call it that. But it's got hearts on it. So let's just think about this as God's, as Jesus's love and his rest and maybe when you think about trying to remember a sermon sometime, you'll think about Tabitha preaching in her bathrobe, and maybe you'll remember to rest. So I've been thinking a lot about Sabbath rest lately. What is Sabbath? The Sabbath is a 24-hour period when you rest from work and spend time honoring God and resting with Him. Christians usually celebrate Sabbath um, on Sundays, Traditionally, um, the Jewish people celebrated Sabbath from Friday evening until Saturday evening, and it commemorates how God worked for six days creating the world, and then he rested on the seventh day. When God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, they had been slaves for generations, uh, 430 years. They worked all the time. They didn't have a day to rest. Um, they were slaves. They were building the pyramids and the Sphinx and all those other wonders that we see there. Um, they didn't know how to rest. And uh, we know how God used Moses, and he used the Exodus um, from Egypt. Yahweh was delivering the people 
to a land where they would enter his rest. And he also wanted to them to take one day a week for rest. This day was holy. This is the fourth commandment, Exodus 28 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Also, every seven years they would let the land rest. And every 50 years, it was called a jubilee, and they let the land rest, and the captives, the slaves were set free, and land went back to the original uh, Israelite owners. Rest is important to God. Sabbath rest, the promised land, the jubilee, this was all a foreshadow of the rest to come in Jesus. Sabbath points us to eternal rest with God. Jesus came to set the captives free and give them rest. That's us. After Jesus was tempted in the desert, Luke four sixteen to 21 tells us he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The year of the Lord's favor is the jubilee. Christ has set us free from the slavery to, from slavery to sin. Hebrews 4, 9 to 11. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. From his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The author of Hebrews talks a lot about rest in chapters 3 and 4. They're not talking about earthly rest specifically. Um, They're talking about rest from salvation by works. And that as we... Change. And as we enter into God's salvation of rest, not striving for holiness by works, but resting in Jesus, the one who makes us holy because of his work on the cross then we will be an example to one another of our restful salvation. Jesus is our rest. He is Lord of the Sabbath. So my question for the Lord recently is, what does Sabbath rest look like for us today? I know it's not legalistic like in the Old Testament. I'm not going to get stoned if I do work on the Sabbath. But Jesus and Paul both preached And people gathered together on the Sabbath. Jesus healed and cast out demons on the Sabbath. Colossians 2, 16 to 17 says, Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, 
or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So Jesus fulfilled the law, and there's no judgment on what we eat or how we celebrate. It's not legalistic. But I can't get away from the fact that remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is the only one of the Ten Commandments that we don't keep well. While there isn't condemnation on us in how we keep the Sabbath, I think that the Lord still wants us to have a time to set aside just to rest and honor him, to enjoy this gift of rest he has given us. I almost didn't talk much about Sabbath today, and I was going to mostly just focus on rest because in some ways Sabbath is still like this thing I'm figuring out and trying to understand. And um, I'm still digging into it and learning I'm not wanting to be legalistic about it, but I know that I need to rest with him. I know that I need to be more purposeful and delight in that time of rest that he's given me, that gift. I recently heard Pastor Pete Scazzaro refer to Sabbath like a snow day. I like that. Uh, I imagine, um, imagine a snow day where everything is shut down. Like, not just school, but everything is shut down. On a snow day, anything can happen. It's a day full of rest. I might do a puzzle, take a nap, make a special snack, make some hot cocoa, uh, watch a movie, play a game. And sometimes you get a call for a snow day the night before, so you get to turn your alarm off and excitement is in the air. Some of you may see snow day a little bit differently. Tom probably sees a snow day as work because he plows. So that's a, that's a whole different thing. But think about like when you're a kid and you get to have a snow day. Um, so sometimes we get uh, a notification the night before and we get to turn our, our alarm off and we're excited. Um, when I was a kid in the UP, um, I would like get up in the morning, we'd listen to the radio every morning, hoping for the snow day or at least that like, you know, two hour delay. We didn't have to go into 10, but we would just uh, sit next to our boombox and listen uh, for them to announce our school. And when my kids were in school, I would get excited uh, when school was canceled because I got to spend the whole day with my kids. I loved a good snow day. Think of Sabbath rest like a good snow day. God gets to spend time with his kids, and we get to spend time with him. Prepare for your day of rest the day before. The Jews called this preparation day. Get your work done, food prepped, uh, get excited, and on Sabbath, enjoy a day of delightful rest. We come here and delight in the Lord and one another, praising God together and encouraging one another. Then we rest and do more things that we enjoy. We can find rest in the things that we enjoy, but we need to have that spiritual refreshing for the doing to be refreshing. We praise God as we go throughout our day for the beautiful outdoors, the time of restoration, maybe for a nap, uh, for family, for friends, for anything. Sabbath rest may look different for each of us. It's not legalistic. It's not a rigid set of religious rules that we have to do it this way or that way. Jesus was criticized for breaking the Sabbath. In fact, fact, he was constantly breaking the rules of Sabbath 
by doing good, by healing people, by telling people, pick up your mat and go. They weren't allowed to pick up their mats, um, by driving out demons. Um, and the religious leaders hated him for that. Mark two twenty seven. this is Jesus. He says, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Remember, rest and fellowship with our Lord is his gift to us. This isn't about rules. It's about rest. I know some people have to work on Sunday. Don't feel condemned. We need nurses to be caring for people. If you can, take another day to have that rest. Your body and your spirit need it. For those of us that have Sunday morning responsibilities after working all week long, first of all, thank you. And thank your classroom teachers when you see them. I know at times it can feel like work and not rest on Sundays. And I don't have a complete answer to that. Um, I'm trying to get more rest on Saturdays and do sermon prep earlier in the week. Um, but I do suggest asking the Lord, if you're helping here in a, in a certain area, um, ask him what you, where he wants you to help. And uh, especially if you dread helping, that's usually a sign that something needs to change. But I look at Jesus teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and I wonder if his times of prayer and rest with God um, throughout the week, taking rest the night before and just dwelling in God's presence throughout the week, gave him joy and strength to minister on the Sabbath. Joy in the sacrifice set before him. Joy in seeing people healed and growing and set free. Joy is energizing. More and more, I'm feeling that joy and privilege as I rest with the Lord. And I felt energized this morning. Like this whole week, I've been thinking about rest and Sabbath and trying to take that time. And like coming into today and like thinking about that whole snow day mentality this morning, I'm just like, yes, it's Sabbath. Thank you, Lord, for Sabbath. And I'm like super excited about this afternoon. We, um, some of you may know we've, we've, for a long time, we've cleaned at our chiropractor in exchange for care. And we just recently, um, we stopped doing that because we usually did it on a Sunday afternoon. And after ministering in the morning and then that, like we just only had a couple hours really a break before you're prepping for Monday to start. And so we stopped um, doing that. Last week was our last week. So today just feels like, woo! It's like snow day, you know, free day. And um, so I'm excited about that. So praise God that we have Sabbath rest. And I'm looking forward to that rest today. I've thought about vacation. How do I make it work when I'm gone for the weekend? I have lots of questions, by the way. Like the rest of the sermon is pretty much all questions. So you can just think about things. I'm thinking about things. I'm mostly just preaching to myself today. But I'm glad that you're here as well. So thinking about vacation, how do I make it work when I'm gone for the weekend? Well, Sometimes it's just not going to work, and that's where, you know, it's not legalistic. But I may be able to figure something out. Come home a little early to rest. Leave a day to rest after vacation if I can. Jonathan and I are taking a week vacation in um, January, and I'm so super excited about it because we're going someplace warm. And we left a day for rest before, the day before we leave, and the day after we come back. And I'm so excited about that because all of us know how when we go on vacation, then you come back and you need a vacation from your vacation because you like get back at 10 o'clock the night before you have to go back to work. And you're just like, oh, I need another day. If you can plan in that day to take another day of rest. And if I can make the week lighter after that to have more evenings of rest, I need to think ahead and do that. I need to make rest a priority. And not just on the Sabbath, I need times of rest with God throughout the week. 
Are we taking time to rest and dwell with him? Are we taking specific time, making space on our calendars? Are we intentional, purposeful, protecting it, setting alarms and reminders? I may have told you before, I set a thankfulness alarm. It goes off just every day at the same time, 8.35 each morning, and it just says, what are you thankful for? And so I just take that time to pause and stop and thank the Lord um, for anything, just whatever comes to mind that day. Today I said, thank you for my Sabbath day. Thank you for rest. Thank you for my house that stood strong in the wind last night. Thank you for my family. Thank you that I get to minister today. Um, So that's an idea. That works for me. So we need this time um, of rest to go deeper with the Lord. This is where we are refreshed, where we listen and hear his voice. Just reading the Gospel of Luke, we see some examples of Jesus going away to pray and rest, to get a break from the crowd and spend time with the Father. Luke four forty two, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. And this was after he was healing and casting out demons. He needed a rest, go away and pray. Luke five sixteen. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And that was after he uh, was healing crowds of people. Luke six twelve. one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. After he spent that time with God, he came out and he chose the 12 among, from among the disciples. He was listening to God. Luke nine eighteen. once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? Sometimes Jesus was alone when he prayed and sometimes he was with his closest followers. Jesus would go away to pray and spend time with the Father to be refreshed and to see what the Father was doing. John five nineteen to 20. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. This is the important stuff. I want to see what the Father is doing, and then do that. I want to see people healed. I want to see people restored. I want to see people come to know God and his love. I want to see miracles. I want to see people following Jesus. And we are hidden in Christ. We are one with him. And this can happen through us. But it all starts in that quiet, intimate, restful place with God. Resting, listening, receiving, praising, and thanking. This is the nugget of this whole sermon. Is right here. Is to rest so that we can do what the Father is doing. When I'm not resting in the Lord, I'm striving and I'm floundering. When I don't get rest, then I have lack Instead of abundance, lack of patience. I'm sure you guys can think of times when you're tired and not rested. And how is your patience with your kids when you're driving in the store, trying to open a chip bag that won't open? Lack of discernment, not having the clarity of mind to make wise decisions and hear the Lord's voice. Lack of self-control. That's a big one for me when I'm tired I have a lack of self-control. I'm a verbal processor, and my tongue goes, and it's not always great. Um, so I, when I'm rested, I have much more control over my tongue. 
emotional leakage. Not great when I'm very tired and you're a verbal processor and then all of that goes out. But you know what? Even if you're a person that stuffs it and you're tired, then it may come out in another way where you punch a hole in the wall because it's got to go somewhere. And when we're rested, we can handle all that. Our habits or addictions, we fall into those um, addictions too easy when we're tired. Instead of lack, I would much rather rest in Jesus and have abundance of peace and good Holy Spirit fruit, not immature, shrivelly fruit. How much more do the fruits of the Spirit flow and grow when we are rested? When we're tired, where do we run to for relief and rest? So this is, where do you run to for relief and rest? Is this what it looks like? Because sometimes that's what it looks like for me when you come home. Instead of taking a moment to sit aside and uh, seek the Father first before I go and watch something, it's fine to watch something, but seeking the Father first to rest in him, to be comforted and refreshed, to listen and learn, or do I run to Netflix and chill, video games, phone games, uh, social media? I've actually taken a break. Uh, for the most part, on social media since July. Um, just every once in a while, I've had to update something for the church or share my son's wedding photos, um, check notifications. But my goodness, it has been refreshing. It's really, it's it's been good because I was addicted to it. Um, yeah, phone games, hobbies. Hobbies can be good or they can be a distraction. Uh, busyness, busyness, busyness. We all know busyness. Food. When I have a hard day, some people have a glass of wine. I like to have a Coke. <laughs> and so, um, and I'm trying not to drink pop. So I fall off the bandwagon pretty easy because, um, sugars. When, um, you know, what do you use to, uh, distract and numb you? Um, is it, any of these things can be addictions, but is it alcohol, drugs, porn, shopping? Late night Amazon can be my nemesis, honestly. Just things that numb. Or people. God uses people, but we need to run to God first for the refreshing of our soul and spirit, then people. You can make that a blank screen now, Jonathan. I'm done with that. Um, God uses people, but we need to run first to God for his refreshing of our soul and spirit, and then people. Jesus went away by himself, and sometimes with his disciples. Community can be refreshing, and resting at the table with community is needed. And I'm aware that for introverts, that may not be as refreshing of a thought, but it's still needed, and in a way that's refreshing for you. So ask the Lord how community can be refreshing for you. Do you need to slow down? Do you have no space or margin in your life? Are you overcommitted? Are you always exhausted? How are you with your yeses and nos? It's good for us to slow down and simplify our lives. What can be subtracted? What can be or needs to be added? Assess. Are you actually busy with work or just busy with distractions? Rest isn't laziness or ignoring responsibilities. We simplify and reorder our lives in order to rest. We may need to sacrifice some things in order to enjoy God's gift of rest. Um, my struggles are FOMO. 
I am fear. I have a fear of missing out. So if I have to go home from something early so that I can take time to rest so that I can better function and emotionally, I don't want to miss out on the fun. I don't want to miss out on knowing things and, and, and being there if I leave early. Turning my phone off. What if somebody has to get a hold of me? What if I'm not on social media and I don't know what's going on? What if I don't miss the pictures of Josie's chickens and her 20 eggs that I hatched today, uh, you know, or something, or Penny's kid's birthday? You know, what if I miss all those things? Well, it's okay. It's okay. I'll talk with them and chat with them and they can text me a picture and I could turn my phone off for a while and I could take a break because there was a time when we didn't have our phones with us all the time and people left us voicemails and we checked them later and it was okay. Helping. Helping is a good thing, right? I like to help. I can overdo it to where it's not a restful thing for me anymore and there's stress and striving. I see things that need to be done and so I try to do all the things. I can't do all the things. I have to delegate. I need to be able to rest. Do we find our worth in resting or in doing? I used to find my worth in doing, especially when my kids were young, doing all the things, and it was fun. When we're resting in the presence of the one who saved us, we see our worth. We see how much he loves us and remember the price that he paid for us. His love for me and you is not based on what we do. Our culture in the United States places value on what we do. As followers of Jesus, we are to find value in rest and encourage one another to do so. When we first meet people, we often ask, what do you do? I know that's small talk and we're just trying to, you know, know more about people. But maybe we should ask one another, how do you rest? How did you rest this weekend? How are you encouraged and refreshed? And I know that seems cheesy, but maybe... You know, we ask at least more often, especially people that we know are one another's. Once we spent time resting in the Lord, both on the Sabbath and those times during the week, we will be more refreshed to do the works of the Lord. We will have more clarity and energy to do the things that the Father is doing. We will have the physical and emotional strength to encourage and help one another. And I think that we will be filled with joy from being in the presence of God. So I encourage you to rest and then rest some more, not just mindless resting, not legalism. Ask the Lord what resting looks like for you. And then take that step towards spending more time and rest with our Savior, resting with purpose, dwelling with the Lord, and being refreshed. Because on a Sabbath day, anything can happen. (laughs) So let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your Sabbath rest. We thank you, Lord, that you want us to rest and take time in it, time for it. We thank you, Jesus, for coming and that you fulfilled the law and that there's not condemnation for us when we do things on the Sabbath. But Lord, we know that you want us to take that rest. Show us what that looks like for each one of us, Lord, and how we can find rest both on Sunday, or whichever day that we take our Sabbath, and then also those times each day, just taking that bit of time with you to rest and be refreshed. Show us, Lord, what that looks like for each one of us. We thank you for that. We thank you for that gift. Please remind us, and we just thank you for your great refreshing. We thank you that we can 
partner with you to do your works. We can do what you're doing. We just want more and more of that, Lord. And we love you and you are good. In Jesus' name, amen.